0: Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers Experience with myself, Adam Strong. And today, we've got another great show lined up. Uh, today, we're actually with a, a guy who I'd met actually probably a couple of months ago. He reached out to me, and I loved his approach. And today, we're going to be talking a little bit about connection, but a little bit different. So uh, today's guest is Brandon Fong. Now, Brandon is on a mission to create a more deeply connected world. Now, I'll be questioning him about that because that's a really interesting thing. So uh, before the age of 26, Brandon is, uh, well, he's mastered the skill of connection to become a published author. He's also, um, uh, he's also was uh, running um, a market. He was running marketing for an online education company with 250,000 students. He's traveled 23 different countries, which is really impressive, uh, with his wife, got featured on TV, launched his own podcast called Seven Figure Millennials, which is a top 2% global ranking podcast in less than a year. Uh, So um, some of the things that we're going to be talking about today, because Brandon is, uh, is, is in that kind of like context of millennials, right? So 26 years of age. And uh, I think he's the youngest guest that we've ever had on today on on the podcast, which is great. Uh, We're going to be talking about connection. We're also going to be talking about what he learned from his parents. Uh, We're going to be talking about the behavioral patterns of connection and what he's discovered. And we're also going to be talking about the great resonation and why young people these days uh, are not attracted to the conventional ways of working. So without further ado, Brandon, welcome to the show.
1: Adam, with that introduction, I'm super, super excited to be here and always more energized after we talk. So excited
0: to dive in today. Very cool. Like it. Love it. You know, it's interesting because when you first reached out to me, one of the things that really sparked my interest was the fact that you're rubbing shoulders with some of, some of the people that I hang around in my circles, people like Steve Sims, people like Sharon Lecter, who are huge influencers in their game, you know, that they're not just seven, eight figure entrepreneurs. They're like New York Times bestselling authors and that kind of stuff. And I just thought that's pretty impressive for a 26 year old, but I'd love to know more about what, what was really interesting. Cause I know that when you were younger, you kind of learn from learn from, from getting free school meals or free school lunches, as you'd like to call it. And your parents taught you the importance of relationships, which is really interesting because normally... If you were um, so this is where we kind of share the similar backgrounds where we didn't come from a wealthy family. Well, I didn't. And you definitely didn't. And um, but normally parents like that, if you don't come from a, a wealthy family, they normally say, son, go to school, go to university, go get a good job and live happily ever after. But your parents didn't teach you that context. But tell us a little bit more about that. How, how did that work?
1: Man, such a great question. And thank you so much for doing the the homework because I don't get to talk about my parents that much and actually this past weekend was Father's Day unfortunately my dad got COVID so I didn't even get a chance <laughs> to see him for Father's Day which was which was terrible but I actually just releasing ep- yeah tomorrow I'm releasing an episode on Father's Day and the, the lessons that I've learned from my dad but I'm so grateful for my parents and I think the biggest thing that I saw growing up is they always had a revolving door of people of friends of of people that they were starting to work with in their businesses and I think that the biggest aha for me was that I loved having adults quote-unquote quote adult conversations. Like when I was in the school, when I, when I was at recess in elementary school, I always talked to the lunch lady because I thought she was more interesting to talk to than (laughs) my other friends, you know? And so I think that was kind of the the love of people is really what I saw from my parents. And obviously I I love to think about first principle things. Like what are the things that are always going to be true? And I think that was the biggest thing I saw from them that was modeled. It wasn't a strategy. It wasn't a tactic. They just loved people. My mom is always looking at being energetic and connecting with people. And my dad's a super friendly guy and a little bit of a goofball too. And so I think that was kind of like the biggest thing is they, encouraged me from a very, very young age to share my thoughts and experiences with people that were significantly older than me. They never put me at the quote unquote kids table during Christmas, during Thanksgiving. They asked me my thoughts, they asked me my opinions, and what I think really was incredible is that my parents like would 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 encourage me that and they would they would talk about how they were implementing some of the things I were doing and I think it's really cool because kids do teach us really valuable things. My 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 wife w- works with kids a lot and they teach you some valuable lessons. So I just think it was that that opening environment that my parents encouraged and taught me how to love and, and grow with people was the, the foundational concept that led to everything else.
0: Now you just said that your parents also ran their own business. Is that right?
1: Yeah. So if I were to own a restaurant, I'd be like a, a fourth generation restaurant owner or something like that. So I grew up as, the, as a kid in the in the back of the restaurant that wasn't supposed to
0: be in front of everyone. <laughs> but yeah, so I always <laughs> watched, watched them modeling and growing a business. Yeah. Now, did you ever wanted to take over your parents' restaurant when you were older?
1: So funny enough, uh, I, I when I was in high school, I got to compete at a business plan competition, and so of course, coming from a background of restaurateurs, I came up with this business plan called the Sizzlin Ninja. <laughs> it was a food truck. It was a food truck. It was going to be this super cool thing, but um, I don't think I ever really wanted to it, but but I think the. I didn't want to take over the restaurant, but I saw the growth that was associated with having to grow a business. I yep. think that was what was so intriguing to me is like, you have to come across your own demons every single day as an entrepreneur, as you learn and grow. And so I think that growth is one of my foundational values and, and things. And so that was really what attracted me, not necessarily running a restaurant, but the concept of growth and
0: learning. So interesting enough, because um, as I mentioned to the audience, I mean, you're You are the youngest guest that we've had on the podcast so far. So that's kind of interesting. So I'd like to know more about like, how is it? I know that you said that you'd written a plan and you won. I I believe you won a a competition as well when you were younger. I mean, and you and your dad raised some money for you to go. And even though you didn't win, you you learned so many lessons. What were those lessons during that during that contest? Yeah, so this is one of my things
1: that changed, absolutely transformed my life is I got to compete with that sizzling ninja business plan. But my, I, I, basically I, I took first place. I was on a high, super excited. I get to school the next day. I'm with my advisor and the other people that that competed and she slides the itinerary across the desk that has everything that we get to be doing. So I like rip it open, I'm leafing through it. And then my heart sinks because I see the bottom number at the last page shows the cost of the trip. (laughs) And I I went to, the the, the funny thing about the whole free lunch thing is I went to a relatively wealthy school district. It's one of the wealthiest zip codes in the state if you look it up. So Mm -hmm. it's like, I was open, open enrolled and I was one of the few kids that was on the free lunch program. So like, I hated the fact that most of my friends could just ask for whatever they want and they got it. But like, I had to figure out a way to do it. And I I hated it back then. But now I look at that, it's like, oh, my God, that was the most valuable lesson I could have ever learned is learning how to do things and figure things out. And so that line, that cost of the trip, I came home that day and my dad was like, well, let's turn this into an opportunity. And so he introduced me to my first ever mentor. Her name was Brenda Campbell. She's the president of a nonprofit organization. And my dad's thinking was she knows how to fundraise. This can be an incredible lesson for you if you learn how to fundraise. And so Brenda absolutely transformed my life. She was one of those dominoes for me that has knocked over many other things, but she taught me the core foundational principles of how to connect with people. And so she introduced me to some people within her network, um, with the context that I was looking to build and fundraise for my trip. And she told me one thing that I still understand deeper meanings to it today, but it transformed everything is, um, if you ask for money, you get advice, but if you ask for advice, you'll get money. And I didn't really understand what that meant until Brenda was like, let me show you what that means. So she introduced me to these people. My, ad, my email address was Asian Ninja 221 at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> so not the most professional email address. I'm That's 16 funny. years old and she's, she introduces me to these high caliber people. And um, sure enough, they contributed to my trip. And, uh, you know, a hundred dollars at a time. And, a, and I'm two weeks short of going on the trip. I'm $500 short. And she introduced me to one other person. She's like, I can't believe I didn't introduce you to Kevin Kowalki. He's a pretty big deal in the area. So I'm nervous to talk to this guy, but, um, I talked to him give him my pitch. And he asked me, Brandon, how much do you have left to pay for the trip? I'm like, well, like 500 bucks short. The trip is just in a few weeks. And, uh, so he kind of smiles and he pulls out his checkbook and he writes on it. And I don't want to be rude. So I don't want to sit and stare at what he's writing, but he puts it <laughs> in an envelope and says, good, good luck, man. And, uh, of course, if you're listening to this, what would be the first thing that you do is as, as you step through the door, of course, you're going to rip that thing open. <laughs> and I found out that Kevin contributed $500 to, to that, that remaining amount that I needed to go to the trip. And so the, the lesson that I learned from that and what Brenda really opened the doors to me is that like, if you learn how to build relationships, it is a it is a shortcut, a non-traditional way of approaching things. And Brenda, that one relationship with Brenda transformed everything for me. So who is that one relationship for you that can open those doors? And how do you actually do that? How do you actually build that those kinds of relationships based on core foundational principles? So I didn't end up placing at the national competition but that was the biggest lesson learned and from there out i started to leverage the power of connection to connect and learn from super high caliber people and it wouldn't have been possible if it weren't for brenda seeing something in asian ninja 221 16 year old Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) by the way have you still got that email address I do, but I don't check it. You can send it, but it's just going to, it's just going go to go <laughs> to shoot
0: me an email there. Yeah. I'm sure that the audience right now, we're trying to write that down as fast as they can, so they can see if they can actually check the email, see if it's legit. So I was just kind of. It <laughs> it's legit. It's just, it's a spam email. That I probably don't even know how to log into it anymore. <laughs> so funny. So funny. Interesting enough, you know, there's one thing that you pointed out there was, which is really interesting. If you ask for money, you get advice. If you get, if you get ask advice, you get money. So let me ask you a question. What advice did you ask for? Mm, great question. I was looking for feedback on my business
1: plan. So this is something that I've learned that I think is really, really curious about human relationships. Is um, have, you ever, have you ever? Do you ever? Do you have Build a Bear in on on the yep. other side of the pond, in Adam? UK? You know. So yep. it's like. Yeah, So so why does Build-A-Bear, why can they charge approximately 80 bajillion dollars for <laughs> for, a, for a stuffed bear, right? And the reason why is because the kids have to invest in it, right? It's a whole experience. They pump right. it up. They put the stuffing in. They put the heart in. Yep. And the same goes for, there's a study about IKEA furniture that we value IKEA furniture. We were just talking before, Adam's recording this from Sweden. So I studied abroad <laughs> in Sweden. So everybody, but like people value IKEA furniture. Why? Because they had to build it. You had yeah. to sit frustrated frustrated cussing at the instructions with the with the screws and stuff like that and so you had to invest in it. And so that is one of the things I've learned about relationships is that you have to contribute and show up and add value and I think this is a kind of an elementary way that I learned this. Obviously I had some help from a mentor, but the more that you can be appreciative and grateful of people once they provided you with insights and feedback, that was just transformational for me. So like in many ways those relationships strengthened because I was so grateful for the impact that they made on me. And I always updated them. Hey, this is how I got to nationals or this is what I learned from it. Thank you so much. I'd send them a handwritten thank you note, And so I think that as you continue to invest in relationships, then you, as you invest in other things, you value it a lot more. So to answer your question succinctly, I was asking for feedback on my business plan, but what, what they were really investing in what I think was me. And I think that the more that you can contribute and add value and, and share the
0: value that people are providing in your life, the stronger those relationships get. Love it. Very cool. Excellent. So interestingly enough, this moves beautifully into my next question, by the way. So you talk in your LinkedIn profile, because that's what I've, that's what, that, and so everyone knows, all the guests know, all the listeners know that when I bring guests on, awesome guests, I do my homework, right? So in your LinkedIn profile, it states, I quote, quote, ho, quote on two, your mission is to create a deeply connected world but what does a deeply connected world mean to you? And how, does, how do you know once you've accomplished that goal? Mm,
1: that's a great question, Adam. I think that some of these big ambitions that we have um, require a different level of uh, con- con- considering what the core components that go into the problem actually is. So it's kind of a way of me stumbling and saying, when I go back throughout my life, I had something recently happen to me where I had to kind of go back and look at the core components that I think made me, me. And I looked at all the stories, like, like going back to the, the free lunch program, to having conversations with Mrs. Dunn as the as the lunchroom supervisor instead of the kids and connecting with Brenda Campbell. And I kind of plotted all these stories out. And I realized that this theme of connection emerges. And, and when I say connection, I want to clarify and say that I mean connection in every sense of the word. I mean, connecting deeper with myself is a really component. I'm very introspective. I journal. I do lots of uh, reflecting on experiences. I love connecting with other people. And I also love connecting other people with other resources and things that can help them grow and on their journey. So those are some of the ways and things that connection means to me. So I think I'm I'm doing that in many ways right now as a podcaster, um, because it is the greatest expression of that need of connection because I get to have these conversations and share them with other people. But I think that in today's world, we're becoming so disconnected. We're forgetting what it's like to be human online. That is where you we were talking about LinkedIn. You see all this crap where people are copying and pasting the same messages and shouting from a rooftop. And like, we you know, like, and like if any, if COVID has taught us anything, it's like how important these relationships really, really are. Yeah. And so when I say I'm looking at creating a more deeply connected world, the way that I'm acting on that right now is by podcasting is by contributing and helping and supporting other podcasters on their journeys. And um, the way that that manifests, I think I'm learning greater and greater what that means. But I know that at the core of what will, what I will always focus on is helping people to become more deeply connected. And the way that that will change and move throughout the years may change and move. Uh, and I may have a different answer. So hopefully that answers, <laughs> Adam, but like that's that's the core of what I think
0: is what brings me here. Very cool. Awesome. So interestingly enough, because I mean, you I suppose you've kind of had this, I'm going to call this awakening, whatever you want to call it, right? From, you know, I guess the age of 16, right? Would you say about, yeah. yeah. yeah? Okay, cool. So you've had like 10 years of uh, really good ground work in the world of connection. Right. So let me ask you a question. What have you found now when we think about human connection, obviously that can mean potentially, different um, from a strategic perspective right can mean different things right uh, and how you do it what have you found that has worked like for the listeners in because um, I'm, I'm big into connection as I mentioned to you offline what have you found that works really well from a technical perspective or maybe from a strategic perspective and what doesn't work well uh, are, are there any kind of patterns that you may or experiments i'm going to call them experiments because i'm big into experiments what are the comments some experiments that or the approaches that you have created that you've like hey so i'm going to approach it this way because i haven't done it this way and then it was like uh no that didn't work right so i'm going to go back to this way because that was Mm. more efficient what's your thoughts on that great question so um I can
1: teach, I have this framework that I've created. I call it the magic connection method. And this is kind of my distillation of everything that I've learned, but you asked the question in a very unique way. So I kind of want to make sure I answer that before I just dive into a framework and what I went through to kind of create this. So like I, when uh, let me let me quickly fill in the gaps on some some things here. I my senior year of college, I reached out to a really successful entrepreneur, and this will tie to some of the career stuff too. So I'm planting seeds for <laughs> other parts right. of the interview. But like I saw a entrepreneur that I really respected. His name was Jonathan Levy, and uh, he had a company that was doing really well. And I was just some 21 year old college kid. What the, what value did I have to provide to him? So how do I get his attention and really add value and support him on his journey? So I sent him an email that said something along these lines. It was like, hey, Jonathan, I listened to episode 23 or 47, I don't know the episode number uh, with, with Noah Kagan. And I took it and I implemented it. Thank you so much for the impact that you made in my life. That was obviously kind of more general than I would be. Probably more, I was way more specific when I sent that. But then the next part of it was I went a little bit deeper on what you're focused on. And I saw that there are three potential projects that I could do that I think would add a ton of value to you. Um, I would love to do these for you for free. If you like my work, we can figure out a way that we can move forward and that would be great. And if not, you didn't pay anything and um, we we can partner separate ways. So that email changed my life because he got back to me 12 hours later and said, dude, we need to talk. We ended up working together on that project and he offered to pay me. And I'm like, I do not want to get paid. Like I, this is, I'm very clear about this. Like I want to show that I can add value here. And that turned into three years of me ending up running his marketing. I was on the team when we added over 100,000 students to his online courses, 1.5 million downloads to the podcast. Jonathan got into this really high level group called Genius Network. Uh, If you're listening, you're not familiar with it. It's a a high end group of seven, eight, nine figure entrepreneurs, really cool people. Jonathan goes to his first meeting, sends me a Slack message. He's like, dude, I need you to come to these meetings. I'm like, oh my god <laughs> like and so i got, i had the opportunity to be 22 years old and participate and connect with with people that were inside of genius network these really high level people so um the, the so that was that was the first ever magic connection method-ish email that I didn't even wasn't even really understanding. But what another thing I observed, because you asked the question this way, was when I was running that email list with with hundreds of thousands of students, I realized the power of creating one-to-one conversations, even though you're doing one to many. And I think that it's really important is I, I worked a lot in our email marketing to open up conversations where they would reply and I would actually engage with them and allow them to lean in instead of just shoving something in their face because like there's lots of rooftop marketing in today's world and so I thought that was an interesting that worked really well I obviously saw the pattern of connecting with Jonathan and I, I just thought I think about the way humans like to be approached with things that we like I said going before we love to buy but we hate to be sold. So like, how do you actually create an environment where people are leaning in and are curious about what you have to say instead of, and coming from a place of value instead of just trying to sell someone something. So those were some of the seeds that I observed that went into this magic connection method framework. Um, and yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts, Adam, as somebody that is a huge connector yourself on, on, on some of the stuff as well.
0: You know, it's really interesting because the, the saying that I picked up from there Really, really, and, and, and I think that you listeners, that, that you're listening to today's show, is when you approached uh, Jonathan, is that you gave him a no-brainer offer, which was effectively you would work for free and you would, there would be zero risk to him. So you took the risk element out. So therefore, you've mm-hmm. completely lowered his barriers. And I'm sure he would have done his homework and his due diligence on you or whatever it might be, right, to check out if you're the legit guy, right? So that was, that was a really interesting, um, that was a really interesting story. So I just want to say that that was a good one. I like that. And yeah. Um, yeah I'll, can
1: I, I just add on top of that, Adam?
0: Yeah. I'll just,
1: I'll just, I'll just say one thing really quick. There's a quote by Dean Jackson that I love, and I think it's super, super relevant right here. And it's a, um, a compelling offer is 10 times more powerful than a convincing argument. <laughs> a compelling offer is 10 times more powerful than a convincing argument. And I think that that is uh, a really huge component of like, how can you show up and create compelling offers instead of trying to convince people of something. And so um, I think that that's kind of another commonality that I noticed that that made it into some of my work later, but I appreciate that you pulled it out because it's like, how can you create an
0: irresistible offer? Um, and I think that that's one where lots of magic happens. Yep. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. Love it. So um, what was I was going to say, it, it, I kind of mentioned something, something else as well offline, which, 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 again, I find is really kind of important. It's something that we've had numerous experts actually here, uh, from pro- professors through to, you know, um, um, not, just, not just professors, but, you know, best-selling authors talking about connections. And one thing that has not really, well, especially from, uh, from my perspective, something that really fascinates me and it's more than fascination more than anything else, which is the psychology around connection, right? Which is the understanding of what people do in terms of from a behavior perspective, you know? Um, so you're, we, what we're talking about is, you know, you've given shared some great stories about how people could potentially approach, you know, from a technical perspective, but from a psychological perspective, you know, I'd love to talk a little bit about like what people are thinking. Like, what are you thinking when it comes to um, connections? Like one of the things like from my perspective, and I'll just, again, uh, share from experience is that I'm not, I'm I'm not expecting anything because I believe that if you have expectations, you'll always be disappointed. So that's kind Mm -hmm. of like, from my perspective, you know, that's my kind of psychological uh, trait on connection, but what's yours? Mm hmm. So I,
1: I think that there's several things that go into this, uh, from why well, my brain just went 30 different places. So it's <laughs> the person that came up into my mind is, is basically, I think that we lose sight of the fact that you, as humans, one of the things that you most appreciate is someone actually takes the time to care about you. <laughs> it's like, it's one of those, like, my mom taught me this as a, as a five-year-old kind of a thing, but it's like so true. And I don't have any scientific studies to base on this, but it's like, if you go to a conversation, I'll, I'll challenge you as a listener. The next time you meet someone new, see how little you can talk about yourself, see how curious you can be about the person in front of you. And they will tell you that you're the most interesting person on the planet. Right. And it's, it's because you actually took the time to care about them. You know, it's like, It's like when I was getting to know Adam and seeing the stuff that was on his site, I know that he trained with a really incredible Olympian. He has this incredible story about collecting golf balls, you know, and it's like, (laughs) those are all, those are all things that like are so important for us to, you light up when you have the opportunity to share those things. So this is an insight that comes from when I run my show, but I spend a lot of time thinking about the first question that I will ask because it opens the door to incredible things from the guests. Like I, I had, I had on uh, Mo Gowd out, the former chief business officer of Google X on my podcast. And he wrote the book solve for happy. And uh, I asked him the question, Mo, I found out in my research that one of your most prized, con- con- um, prized possessions is a small unopened container of hand cream. Can you tell us why that is? <laughs> and so I'm, I, 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 I will, I will not answer that question. So you have to go listen to the episode with Mo because it was one of the favorites I've ever done. But like, it shows that I did the research. It's really engaging for the, the person. And, and, and like, it took the time to actually do the research on someone. So I, I say that that is um, one of the core foundational things when it comes to uh, connection and relationships is, is really taking the time to learn and care about the people that you want to build relationships with. And I think as I've heard Brian Kurtz say, and as you alluded to, it's like the 100-0 approach. It's like, I choose the people that I reach out to in the sense that I want to add value. And if we can work together, that is fantastic. That'd be great. But if not, I'm going to figure out a way to invest in the relationship. And, and and I'm very grateful for the opportunity to contribute to some of the people that I build these relationships with. So I think if you have that approach of like adding value, getting to really to know people, connecting them with other incredible people, that goes really, really far.
0: You know, it's interesting that you, you picked up a really good point. And actually, you know, I want to share a quick experience. So last week I was in London and I went to my first networking live, as in face-to-face networking event for about two and a half years. Crazy, yeah? And, uh, <laughs> and it felt kind of weird, right? Not that I'm kind of like super scared of people or anything, but it just felt kind of weird, right? And, and I suppose like it's interesting because you just brought up a really interesting point. You said, as you quote unquote, you said, get the other person to go first And try to not talk about yourself. And that's again, I suppose I wouldn't say it's kind of like a technique that I use, but I always have that at the back of my mind because I'm always looking, I'm always fascinated to learn about others rather than than me talk about myself. Because hey, I'm I'm no one special, but that's how I see myself type of thing. And it's just interesting. And I got so many compliments last week. It's like, you're an interesting guy. (laughs) <laughs> you answer great questions as well. it's like, you know and it wasn't like I was kind of you know you know it wasn't like a radio show I don't I didn't want them to feel like they were on a radio show and I was interviewing like a special guest or anything but it was just kind of like really fascinating but anyway I, di- I, 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 I digress I'd love to <laughs> more, talk about more about we've got connection in the digital world which is kind of like online and then we've got connection offline, which is kind of like more face-to-face. How do they differ between the two? And in terms of technique perspectives, the double-ended question here, in terms of technique-wise, how do they also differ in terms of the approach? That's
1: a really good question. I think that we have our guards up online. Mm-hmm. We've we've literally forgotten how to be humans online. <laughs> it's kind of fun. I agree. it's kind of funny. Like, 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 like here's an interesting question. Uh, comparison it's like you you've ever been cut off before while you're driving it's like there's all these terrible drivers but in your mind you're never the terrible driver right like you've never cut anyone off it's like all these other you're the best driver ever right and so it's like we kind of we kind of forget it's the same thing in the connection world it's like think about the last few messages you sent like did you take the time to appreciate them like did you take the time to really figure out what was valuable for them and you know open the doors to a conversation or was it more straightforward and like you were just kind of like hey hope is hope you've been great since the last time we talked like I probably spend a stupid amount of time like like here's something here's an example I was reconnecting with someone the other day and I I was sending them this message and I could have said hey hope you've been doing well since we talked last but I'm like I know the last time we talked his daughter was moving out and that was really important and like I wanted to make sure that I like i referenced that specific thing and i'm like i need to find out his daughter's name and i literally i don't want to say wasted but i spent 15 minutes on facebook trying to figure (laughs) out his daughter's name so that i can say hey man like i know the last time we talked like maya was moving out and it was something that was going on i hope like that went really really well like I i took the time to do that and i think that it's really really important that that we actually do that kind of stuff because the difference between online and offline is that I think when you're online, you have, you're competing with all these bots, all this crap that's being copied and pasted (laughs) all the time. And our filters, our filters are slightly different when you're reading something or if you're being approached online than if you're, someone's walking up to you, but like, man. Like if, if like I watched Impractical Jokers, I don't know if that's a show that you've ever I've watched. I've heard of yeah, that. It, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I've heard of that.
1: <laughs> like, or like, I, here's another example. I do improv. Uh, I've done improv. And there's this, this thing called blind line where they will get suggestions from the audience and they'll write it on a piece of paper. And then all throughout the the skit, like they'll have to pause the middle of the skit and pick up from the blind line and read from it. Imagine if you had to read the crap that you're seeing online as like a blind line at a real networking event. Like, like all that stuff would not fly <laughs> if it right. was like, it was like, "Hey, saw that you, we had some mutual connections in common, would love to connect." Like, you wouldn't say that to someone in person. Like, it, but, but suddenly it's okay to do online, you know? So I don't know. I think that that's some of the approaches is that our 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 antennas are up. We're protected. We're guarded online because there is an ability to use bots and spam and, and, and do all this kind of stuff that's online that's not obviously available in the real world. But obviously I think it's important to be in integrity and alignment with both, um, with the, the, the both in-person and the online component.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I, I was actually having this uh, interesting conversation with a really good friend of mine who's a best-selling author last week in London. And we know someone, we have a mutual friend. She's super successful, seven-figure entrepreneur. And one of the things that uh that that we came at, that we that he mentioned actually, I didn't bring it up, but I absolutely congruently agreed with him was the fact that, you know, it's so important that if you get if someone reached out, out to you, whether it be you, me, or whoever it is, and you reach out to somebody, right? It's important to get back to them and, and be human, right? And not have some some automated bot or some personal assistant or 15 different barriers that's gonna that because. It's like you kind of cut yourself up in terms of accessibility. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and I don't know if you've ever come across this, and maybe it's just because of like their status or if they're high celebrity, you know, if they're, um, I don't know, if they're like on Shark Tank or whatever it might be. But if you, do you find that, you know, if there is a gatekeeper, as an example, right, um, or a number of gatekeepers, and it's like, you want to get access to a particular person, right? They have made it so difficult to build connection that you think, ah, screw it. Um, I'm going to give up. Has there ever been a time like that for you where you thought, you know what, this isn't working. I'm just going to move on.
1: That's a good question. I found that most of the really high level connections I've been blessed to get on my show have come through a warm introduction and you can eliminate all gatekeepers when it comes to a warm introduction like here's a really quick story about how I got Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank on my show well actually earlier on in 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 high school in high school in college I actually met him very briefly when he was speaking and I connected with his assistant that I ended up getting an endorsement on my book that I wrote in college from Kevin, which was incredible, but he probably didn't even really remember it. Um, (laughs) But, 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 but then, and then, and then it was funny how this all came full circle, because this is just the, uh, why I love podcasting so much, but like I had on a hypnotist on my show, his name is Tim Scherr. I gave him a great interview. I spent a lot of time investing in, in doing good interviews for people. I get off with him and he's like, Oh, you should have on my friend Waldo Waldman. So he introduced me to Waldo. Waldo's a decorated air fighter pilot. He's flown 65 combat missions, top gun maverick kind of guy, you know, like really (laughs) professional hall of fame speaker and all that good stuff. And so have a great conversation with him. And he's like, hey, I'm really good friends with Kevin Harrington. Do you think you'd want Kevin Harrington on the show? And I'm not asking for any of these, like, right. which is which is the kind of the crazy part. But like, I mean, I, like, I obviously they know I want good relationships for guests on the show, but then he offered to introduce me to Kevin because he's good friends with Kevin. Like, he's like, it's not just like, oh, it's just this dude. Like he, he knows Kevin. And so he went above and beyond for me and like reached out to Kevin and like made sure it was cool. And then he made that introduction. And I never even talked to I don't think I ever even talked to his assistant. Like, I don't know if he was, his assistant was away or something like that, but I think I literally scheduled with Kevin. (laughs) I was like, does this time work? And he responded, "I said, yes, let's get it on the calendar. So like, I found that um, lots of these incredible people that I've had the opportunity of getting connected with, um, obviously one other thing I want to say is like, a gatekeeper isn't another gatekeeper, they're another human, you know? So it's like, if you do have to work with a, a gatekeeper or somebody that is an assistant that is setting up a time, like, God, like, I, I always take the time. Of like, hey, it's so great to meet you. Like, I appreciate you so much for helping us really coordinate this time. It really means so much. Like, and like, like going about, like those are really important too, because I mean, it just, it just matters. Like you just try to do all this stuff. But, but yeah, to answer your question, um, I haven't really hit up against the gatekeeper the, as an issue where I've just given up, like kind of the way you frame the question. But I think that following up is so, so important. We can obviously talk about this as a separate topic, but like people have stuff going on in their lives and like, it's important to follow up in an authentic way without being annoying about it. I think it took several times for, for us to connect to Adam and you were busy, you were traveling, you know, it's like, it's not. And, and so like, but, but um I think that's kind of an important thing to think about too, is like, maybe it's not necessarily a gatekeeper issue but uh maybe it is a timing issue and sometimes i think the the first thing when somebody's not responding it's like oh they hate me and like they're thinking i'm being an idiot or whatever but like if you actually follow the the framework that i've developed where it's we we may or may not have time to go into it but it's like if you're expressing appreciation for someone how can you really get mad at someone like maybe it's not a good fit for whatever you're proposing but if you took the time to care about them the worst thing that's going to happen is most likely it's just not a good fit which isn't even like a big deal you know you just move on
0: you know, it's interesting. Um, in my trip to London last week, um, I'm going to go back to my trip to London now. Um, um, one of my uh, friends who I sat down, he treated me to lunch, which, which was really nice of him. And um, he said to me, um, he was on uh, one of the big uh, news channels. So he, he was interviewed, uh, you know, on live TV, on Sky News more specifically. And so one of the things that he did to make it more memorable um, he actually sent them a hamper as a thank you gesture just to say mm, thanks very much for the opportunity, you know, and thanks for the connection, you know. And he wanted to create, he wanted to leave that memory and he got uh he got a, a massive thank you and appreciation. No one's ever done that for us. Have you ever have you ever um been in a have you ever been in that position where you where you valued the connection so much that you'd send mm. something, whether it be a gift or, or 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 whatever it might be, and you thought, you know what? I, like, I really value our relationship. And, you know, what was the outcome of that? Did, did, has that ever happened to you?
1: Yeah, it's such a great question. And I had on, I don't know if you know John Rulin. Um, he he created this company called giftology and he's he literally this is what he studies is creating incredible world-class gifts for someone instead of sending the crappy gifts and all that kind of stuff so if you want a deep dive on the subject John Rulon's a a master and I'll just share what insight that I learned from him is like he talks a lot about when you're gifting to think about the frequency of the use lots of people will send like a gift card or like 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 a, a, a consumable product or something like that. And like one of the things that he gifts is kitchen items, knives, because think about the amount of exposure and the amount of time that somebody is using a knife in their kitchen and thinking about you versus some other crappy thing also he always talks about giving best in class gifts which is another really important thing is like if you're like if somebody's super super wealthy and they have they wear really really nice watches even if you spend a thousand bucks on a watch like they're gonna be like thanks but i'm not taking this off for the beautiful watch that i'm wearing you know it's like so what he talks about is doing best in class gifts where he like an example that i heard him talk about on the episode is like a luggage tag like If you only have $200 to spend, spend $200 on the most badass luggage tag that someone's ever (laughs) going to get. Every single time they're traveling, they're going to think about you in that luggage tag. Long way of saying, I actually, I don't know, I don't have it on right now, and I'm, I'm spoiling a surprise a little bit, Adam, because I do this for my podcast guests. But um, one of the things that I do for thank you notes is I send 3D glasses. I I, I take a, a handwritten note and I send them 3D glasses in the mail because I love the concept of lumpy mail, of sending a hamper and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but but what the reason why, what I do is I create, um, there's this site online, I'm not gonna remember what it is, but like you can create a hidden pixelated image and I, I could type it out and say, thank you, Adam, on it. And it would be, it would just look like a bunch of uh, green and blue and red pixelated things. And then what I do is I'll send a thank you note with uh, with the 3D glasses. So it's a little bit of a thicker envelope or whatever. And you open it up and I'd be, say something along and I'm ruining it for you, Adam, because I know you're gonna come on my show if I'll probably send you this, <laughs> so I'll have to do something different. Uh, but it, it'll be something along the lines of like, hey, Adam, thank you so much for sharing what you shared on the show. I love the new lens and perspective that you shared. And, uh, you know, something very specific, you're going to need these 3D glasses to decode a secret message, can't use the red side. So then like you got this thank you note and you had to pull it out, you put the glasses on, you have to look and then you see, and it has like a 3D image for you. So I think that it's really important. And like those small things, I mean, whatever, it takes me five (laughs) minutes to write that message and stuff, stuff it in there. But like those things are really important um, to build relationships, I think, to go above and beyond. So really, really interesting question.
0: (laughs) Very cool, very cool. Um, yeah, really interesting question. I love that. Um, um, you mentioned around, um, the, the magic connection formula. I think that's what you said, right? The three, just, just give yep. us a little bit of an overview. That's right. Yeah. So give us a little bit of an overview about what that looks like. Yeah. Um,
1: uh, I'm just being mindful of time. How do you want me to give you the, the slightly extended version of like the quick, the quick and the, the quick, the quick and fun method. We can okay. Yep. We'll go with the. Okay. So I will share with you as an exclusive for game changers. I'm teaching this slightly different now because I came up with an acronym that uh-huh. expresses this better, like literally this morning. So like you're one of the, some of the first few people that I've ever heard it express. So it's the same concept. I just put, made it into a new acronym. So the acronym spells A V E for Avenue, like an Avenue to build a relationship with someone. Got it. Um, so the first, the first thing is appreciate. You want to take the time to really show that you did your research, the stuff that I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but it's like, listen to an episode of the podcast, say something specific that can literally not be copy and pasted to another human being, except for the person that you're reaching out to. So really take the time to appreciate someone. The next thing is value. What is the value that you can provide to this person? Going back to the conversation, that I, the, the, the story I shared about Jonathan Levy, I thought about his perspective. What does he need? What is he looking for? What are those projects that I can help support for him? If you have a podcast, you can invite them to be on your show. You can introduce them to other potential connections. If you're getting on another show, what do they care about? They care about like Adam, Adam cares so much about you listening right now. Like he's not bringing on everyone to just share some stuff and pitch crap to you. Like, like that's really important that people have taken the time to think about the value that they're adding to you as an audience. So if you're reaching out to a podcast, or what is the value that you are providing them and their audience always think about it from their perspective going back before a compelling offer is 10 times more powerful than a convincing argument what are the ways that you can add tons of value to someone and and open the doors to these relationships obviously these are for the relationships that are big deals they may take a time take time to build and nurture and grow but like this is the way we love being expressed so anyways you took the time to appreciate them you took a time to figure out how to add value to them the last thing you do the e so appreciate value the last thing e is end with a question so there's lots of psychology and you, you're talking about this adam i was like there's several things that go into this sentence and i won't explain all of it but at the at the end if somebody is skimming a message and we talked about like all this crap online right like you want to make sure it's very easy for them to respond. So you have to end with a question. And the way that I end that question is 100% based on choice. Like I said before, we hate to have stuff shoved in our face and we love to make a decision and, and lean in if we want to. So at this point, I'll just share, I'll just share the, like a, a closing question I might use and I'll run through the whole thing, what it might look like. So a question I'll use is 100% up to you, but would you be opposed to me sending over next steps to XYZ? right and so it's not not let's book a time on my calendar here's my calendar link right it's asking a question to see if they're interested in it, and if they're interested in it, then they'll respond. And it may—you may think it's a little backwards. Like, why wouldn't I just send them the calendar link if they could book, and it's simpler? It's because, like, you—you you want them to actually invest and lean into it. So again, appreciate took the time to care about them. Value you took the time to find something that was super valuable for them. And e end with a question so that it's very clear. And the emails that you are not answering right now, I guarantee you, listening to this right now, you open up your email inbox what's the email you haven't responded to? It's the one that took time, energy, effort. You got to go do the thing and do blah, 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 blah. The ones that you respond to are the ones that are super easy to respond to. So if you got an email just like this, you can respond with, sweet, sounds good. Like, like less than a sentence. And so that's the high level framework that anyone could use. If you
0: want an avenue to approach high level relationships, appreciate value and with a question. Very cool. Very good. So that, that, by the way, I hope you kind of got that down guys. Uh, and it, you had, and, and by the way, what I would highly recommend you do is that if you felt like it was like super fast, pause this recording, re- rewind it and listen to it again. Cause there's like a ton of golden nuggets just in that small, tiny a bit of framework. So um, listen, I'm, I'm also uh, consciously uh, aware of time and stuff, but first of all, I just want to say this has been a great jam. It's been great <laughs> conversations. Right. And so uh, but I'd love to know like how is it that people number one can get hold of the framework so to learn more about that but number two how how what's the best way to, for people to connect with you
1: yeah so um, I would highly encourage if, if you want that framework if you want to think about it and see it and, and broken down uh, if you go to bfo.ng slash g c A for Game Changers Audio. Um, I will put that as a short link for you guys to grab that. And because I taught it very differently today, um, it's not going to have the same abbreviation, but it's the same concept, right? So, um, I mean, maybe I'll even change it by the time this goes live. (laughs) Um, So that's the easiest thing to do there. Um, But if you want to go and listen to figure out why... The former chief business officer of Google X's most prized position is a small and open container of hand cream. I would highly encourage you to go check out my podcast, Seven Figure Millennials. Um, it's all about prioritizing our happiness, health and relationships as we make our entrepreneurial dreams a reality. I teach it as not the guru on top of the mountain, but rather the guy that is building his first seven figure business and sharing what's working along the way. So I would highly encourage you to follow me on that journey. Um, and it, uh, hopefully this isn't too crazy, Adam, but if anybody wants to shoot me an email, uh, shoot me an email, Brandon at BrandonFong.co. And I will do my best to respond um and i appreciate you so much adam for
0: having me on and um would love to connect with anybody that's hanging out with us today very cool and and just on that note guys if you um if you if you didn't get all of that we are also going to put the links below so uh, we're going to put all the links below so do click on any of the links and if you do reach out to brennan do mention this particular podcast, and they can kind of put two and two together. So, uh, first of all, I just want to say thanks very much to you, to Brandon. I, I really appreciate your time today. I hope that you hope how you felt we had some fun. We did. This was a blast. Thank you for asking some
1: thought-provoking questions, Adam. I've had had to go deeper and it. answered in a much different way than this time. So, I appreciate you
0: doing that. That's what we do. We go deep. I mean, we go deep. I mean, we go (laughs) deep, right? As Eddie Murphy would say. Anyway, guys, enough (laughs) about going deep and deep connection. I hope you've enjoyed today's um, uh, exciting episode. Do me a favor. If you have enjoyed today's episode, please follow the foot. uh, Follow follow the steps below and give us a one or a five-star review. I prefer a five-star, but hey, if you want to do one-star, whatever it is, right? Um, On Apple or Spotify, we really greatly appreciate you. And thanks very much for being a great supporter and great listener of today. And uh, hopefully you'll see uh, us again uh, on the next Game Changers Experience. Take care and see you soon. Cheers now. Hey guys, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Game Changers Experience. I would be gratefully appreciated if you could leave a good or a bad review. doesn't matter. One or a five-star review, whichever you prefer, on any of the platforms, whether it be on Apple, whether it be on Spotify, Podchaser, etc. And please leave a testimonial or review about our podcast. And if you have enjoyed our podcast then I look forward to seeing you on the next Game Change Experience. Take care. See you soon. Etc. And please leave a testimonial, a review about our podcast. And if you have enjoyed our podcast, then I look forward to seeing you on the next Game Change Experience. Take care. See you soon.